So on behalf of the resident pastor, Pastor John and Mrs. Dr. Grace Ango, we welcome you once again to this apostolic center. City Church is Christ-centered churches where we feed on Jesus. And this afternoon we are excited because Christ in you is the hope of glory. With all due respect, can you be on your feet if you can? Please, if you don't, then please sit down. But those of us who can, can we be on our feet? And then we do confess. Say, the Christ in me is the God on my side. The God on my side is the God with me. Victory is on my side. Success by the reason of the cross is on my side. Success is speaking for me. Success is in me manifesting healing. Healing. Healing is on my side. Working for me. In the name of Jesus. Say I win. Always. In Christ. Amen. Please you may resume your seat. This afternoon for a very short time. We are on the cross. And we are speaking on a theme. A subtopic. Life after the cross. Say life after the cross. So quickly let's go to First Peter chapter 2 verses 21 to 24 and please you pay attention to the reading. First Peter chapter 2 21 to 24. Any reader here, please? First Peter chapter 2, verse 21 to 24. I read in Jesus' name. For to this you were called, because Jesus Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. Amen. Amen. So, he committed no sin. He committed no sin. And he himself bore, the word bore means carried, himself carried our sins we couldn't carry neither can we carry so himself who is himself jesus the christ who is jesus the christ he is god the creator in creation from genesis to malachi he is the creator in matthew mark luke and john in the ministry of redemption God the creator changed shape and became Jesus, the man called the Christ. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, God the creator took the form of a man. So John the gospel says that in the beginning 
was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Through him, God made all things. Not one thing was made without him. In him, in him, is life. In him, is life. And the life is the life of man. In him, him, him. So, outside him, there is no life. In him, life. And the life is the light of man. And he goes on and he says, John 1, 14, And the word became flesh and dwelled among us, not in us, among us. And we saw his glory as the only begotten of God, full of grace and truth. Jesus, full of grace and truth, we saw his glory. The glory that Moses pleaded with God. Show me thy glory. I have done miracles. I have parted the Red Sea. I have destroyed the economy of Egypt. A single man. But there's something I am yearning for. I desire them more. Miracles are not sufficient for me, God. Show me your glory. I want to see your glory. Then God said, Moses, I show kindness to whom I show kindness. But my face you will not see. Moses says, show me your glory. God said, you can't see my face. So the glory that Moses was asking for was not the glory we are thinking of. Moses asked God, I want to see Jesus. I desire Jesus. I want to see him. Remember, when they were coming from Egypt, they left Egypt. Immediately they left. The armies of Egypt followed them, pursued them. So Israel was caught between the Red Sea and the armies of Pharaoh. And the church called Israel the church of gossipers. They began to speak and said, Moses, why didn't you allow us to die in Egypt? Look, Red Sea before us. Akhtaras is also the armies coming. God, Moses went to God. God said, why are you crying for me? What is in your hands? Why are you crying for me? What is in your hands? He said, the staff, stretch it. So Moses now turned to the people and said, be quiet and see the salvation of the Lord. Please listen carefully. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will not see anymore. The question is, was Moses not seeing the Egyptians? The Egyptians whom we see, not we, you see. Because your focus is problem focus. <laughs> the Egyptians whom you see, 
will see no more. See the salvation of the Lord. See the salvation. Meaning that in their camp, there was the salvation. And you can't have salvation without the Savior. Because it takes the Savior to provide salvation. Mm. So, see the salvation. It means Jesus was with the people even when they left Egypt. He was with them. But they didn't see. Their focus was problem focused. Moses said, I walk with you, but we don't operate in the same space. <laughs> Your space is problem. My space is grace. <laughs> you see sickness. I see the healer with the healing. You see death. I see the provider of life. The Egyptians, you see, it was a rebuke to them. Not a word of encouragement. Egyptians, you see, this afternoon, shift your focus. Reposition your focus. And see the Savior on the cross of Calvary. The Egyptians, you see, you see no more. Salvation is in you. So he stretched forth his Red Sea, parted the Red Sea, and then Israel walked on the ground land in the sea. He did all that and said to God, I've had enough. Show me the Jesus, the Christ that you have spoken of to me. I write about him. I want to see him. God said, Moses, a day is coming in the city of Rotterdam. But before that, I call that generation. A day is coming that I, God, will be on the cross. This time around, it is before the cross. You can't see my face. This is not the dispensation of seeing my face. All that I am doing is to give you teletubbies. Miracles are teletubbies. Small, small things. So Moses, just be satisfied with that. Because a day is coming when I die. Not only will people see my face, I will be in them. Oh, Christ in you. I want you to start with Christ in you. So now, after the cross, we don't sing like Moses sang. Show me thy glory. Show us thy glory, O oh Lord. If you want God to show you your glory, get born again. Show us thy glory, O oh Lord. Let the deals of heaven with us. Now, we, we sing with emotions. No, that was before the cross. <laughs> so when he came in, Gen in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they said that, but we saw his glory. You see the difference between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and Moses, Moses, show me your glory, God. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Bible says, we saw what Moses desired. It came to pass. We saw him. We saw his glory as the only begotten of God, full of grace and truth. Full. So if you touch him, because he's full of grace, grace comes out. If you touch him, because he's full of truth, Truth comes out. That is Jesus. But it was not enough because he was with them. 
The final destination was to be in them. With them was not enough. In them. But he can't be in them unless he goes to the cross. So, on the day of a wedding, John chapter 2, when Jesus had been invited for a wedding ceremony, he went in. That day, all the drinks were gone. Maybe their estimate was wrong. They had more people than the drinks. So there was a problem at the wedding ceremony. In your wedding ceremony, the wine was dry. That was heavy. So the mother of Jesus went to him and said, their wine is finished. Jesus said, woman, what do I have to do with you? My time is not yet in. Remember, the wine is finished. Say the wine. This afternoon, we are going to have Lord's Supper. Wine and bread. Their wine is finished. In other words, the Old Testament has been exhausted. Jesus said, my time is not yet in. For Mary, she thought Jesus was talking of producing wine. My time was not yet in. At the wedding, Jesus was talking of the cross. <laughs> Woman, my time is not yet in. So, he was with the people. But the agenda was to be in them. He couldn't be in them until he goes to the cross. So all his statements, all, every statement that Jesus made was about the cross. The cross. The cross. I was born to die. I was born to die. That people might live. I came to die. Mm? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. You can't have eternal life after the cross. Until after the cross. So, he allowed himself to be arrested. God, the creator, in the hands of his creation. Himself. Peter said, he himself bore our sins. He carried it. Please, you are at the right place at the right time. And you are the right person. Leave that burden. Sin. No human being. No institution. United Nations can solve it. No one. No system. But God. He himself bold, carried our sins in his body that we might be dead to sin. You are dead to sin. Oh. You are dead to sin. Say, I am dead. Might be dead to sin and alive to righteousness. So he went to the cross. They put a crown on him. Remember, he's a king. Okay? When you read the Bible, and the Bible says, God is king, God is seated on a throne. God does not need a throne, thrones are for men. God doesn't need a throne. Thrones are for men. So when the Bible says that God is on a throne, God in the person of Jesus, 
on the throne. Because God is too big for a throne. <laughs> Thrones are for men. So you have a throne. I have a throne. Because our big brother Jesus is on the throne. Amen. So every king, when he's about to be ensued, they have a ceremony for him. They invite a lot of people to come. I think in May, come in May, in the United Kingdom, King Charles will be officially coronated in church. And they even have a special oil for him. It's a big service, big ceremony. Jesus, the king of kings, on the cross, when he was being crowned king, the people who came were thieves, were gossipers. They had naked him. <laughs> he was empty. God, the creator, in the hands of his creation. They beat him, crucified him brutally. Last Friday, I said that the picture you see on calendars, they are fake. Because when we saw Jesus, there was no beauty in him. The phone call passion maybe comes a bit closer to what happened. But far away from the realities of the cross, God allowed himself to be brutally murdered for our sake, for your sake. That is why it is an insult to God. And what happened on the cross for you and me to suffer sicknesses and cry and cry and cry and cry. Not that sickness won't come to us. It might come to us. But when sickness comes to you, be bold in the Lord. And you switch to the cross. And you tell sickness, by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, I am healed. I was healed. Speak healing. When failure is disturbing you, when you fail exams one more time and two, and somebody is disturbing you, go back into your chambers and say that I have failed. I might have failed the exams, but I am not a failure. Because in Christ, there is no space for failure in Christ. I might have failed the paper, but I am not a failure. Because in Christ, I win always. This afternoon, if you did not pick anything from this service, you have to tell yourself repeatedly, in Christ, I win always. No room for failure. I didn't say no room for fail. I see no room for failure. You fail doesn't make you a failure. The cross, say the cross. Say the cross. We saw his glory. He died. On the third day, he resurrected. And then look at men and say that. Now I go to the Father. Go into the whole world. And preach the gospel. What is the gospel? That the kingdom of God now is in men. The kingdom of God. You don't look for, look for kingdom. You are already in the kingdom. And the kingdom is in you. Amen. Amen. Church, amen. I know you like Elijah. Because he called for fire from heaven. To come and destroy people. 
I know you like Daniel. I'm called Daniel because he was in the lion's den. But listen to me. You are more than Daniel. Because what they hoped for, hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. They hoped for. What they hoped for, you are born with it. <laughs> they were given promises. You were born with the fulfillment of the promise. So there are songs that you shouldn't sing. Come into my heart. That song is for people who have come to accept Jesus. The Christian doesn't sing, come into my heart. Christ in you. So where is Christ? So why are you calling him to come in? Don't get confused. Listen, that a preacher is speaking good Dutch, good English, doesn't mean he's communicating Bible. So you should know the difference. Come into my heart are for people who have come to accept Jesus. And the day he came, listen, the day Jesus came into your heart, he came with his character and charisma. He came. When Jesus was coming into you, he didn't come in percentages. It was not installment. Okay, as for Netherlands, the sins are just too much. So, okay, I go in 5%. Then I see how the, the child is doing. And then I increase it. No, he came in full. Say in full. In full. Amen. In full. God is in you. In full. Christianity, listen carefully. After the cross, Christianity is arrival. Christianity is what? You have arrived in the kingdom. You have come into the kingdom. But you have to be taught how to live in the kingdom. The principles in the kingdom. You have to be taught so that you realize that you are dead to sin. <laughs> sin has no more dominion over you. Indeed, you are no more under death. Christianity means that you have passed away from death to life in Christ after the cross. So everything changed after the cross. That is why some people can wrong you so bitterly. You look into the eyes and say that I have forgiven you. Because why? You operate under the cross. You are not like Peter. To ask Jesus, how many times should we forgive? Before the cross, Jesus looked at you and said that seven times 70. Or 70 times seven. That is 490. After his death. There is no mathematics about forgiveness. If the people wrong you 80 billion, you forgive them 80 billion. If you don't want trouble, you leave them. Okay? Because there is difference between relationship and friendship. If they are disturbing your peace of mind, withdraw the friendship. But don't destroy the relationship. So, after he rose from the dead, there is no 
a number of times that you should forgive, you are to forgive. You are to forgive. You have no choice. It's an instruction. You have to forgive. Young ones, you have to forgive. Why? Because Christ has already forgiven you. A lot of issues, a lot of stress we go through is because we are too bitter about wrong that people have done us. People who do not even care about what they committed against you. Forgive them and move on. Say, I am a forgiving person. Say, in the kingdom of God, I don't struggle to forgive in the name of Jesus. Amen. So your sins are forgiven. Let's look at Galatians chapter 2. Galatians 3, 10 to 14. Galatians 3, 10 to 14. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10 to 14. I read in Jesus' name. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law mm. to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Mm. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us for the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. Amen. So, by the cross... You are not living before the cross. You live after the cross. On the cross, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse. Please listen carefully. Just about a year ago, we were battling with coronavirus. And sometimes when you have cold and you are sneezing and things like that, because cold, sneezing, coughing were all symptoms of the virus. So, you go and do tests. Because symptoms are showing. And mostly when you go and do the test, it comes out negative. You have been redeemed from the curse of the law. We have been, it is past, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, in life, under this sun, on this earth, when you move in life and sometimes you are seeing symptoms of curses, symptoms, say symptoms, of curses, it does not mean you are cursed. Because after the cross, the Christian can't be cursed. There is no more curse. Where are you? In Christ. In Christ, there is no curse. So when symptoms of curses are disturbing you, you have issues of life, circumstances, challenges of life confront you like that. You have to switch to the cross. 
And the cross is not a symbol. The cross is a message. The message of his death, his sufferings, burial, resurrection, ascension, and he dwelling in you is what we call the cross. The death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and Christ living in you combined together is what we call the cross. You have to switch to the cross and tell the symptoms, please, I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, I operate under the blessings of Abraham that the blessings of Abraham might be for us. You are no more under curse. What is the meaning of curse? The Hebrew word for curse means you are hindered. You are prevented from entering to another zone. You are limited. So limitation then is placed on you. That is what we mean by curse. Look at him. He's working hard, toiling, but nothing to show for. Cursed. The believer is no more under cursed. But sometimes the devil can bring symptoms of curses around you, around your family, around your household. And when you look at them and they are preaching and they mention some of the symptoms, That is why. Darum. Darum. Then you are chasing oil. Meanwhile, Christ is the anointed. Where is he? In you. The anointing is in you. The anointing is not a sunny bloom. <laughs> it is not sunflower. The anointing is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Can somebody shout, I am not cursed? But blessed. Hallelujah. Be on your feet.